Mother's Day to our moms. My wife is with me. She's both wife and mother, so happy Mother's Day, Diana. And Rhonda, happy Mother's Day as Tom's wife and mother. Persons of this church esteem you and value you and believe you are important among us. And so we honor you today. Would you show your thanks and appreciation for Rhonda?
So they declared to her the following year at the same time she would give birth to her son, that her greatest dreams would come to pass. Did you know that life has its ups and downs? <laughs> Victories may be won and followed by struggles that follow. This was the case for this well-to-do family living in Shudam. Years of struggle or tragedy would come to them because sometimes these things happen to the people of God. So what I want to share with you today is that God has resources. And his goal is to not keep you struggle-less. His goal is to make you faithful. So I'm going to say it again. His, his desire is not to keep you struggle-less. His goal is to keep you faithful. Because faith is the language of heaven. And God desires faith in your heart and soul. And faith in your heart and soul becomes the capacity for you to experience the greatness of God and His victories in your life, breakthrough times, that you will discover the creator of the universe involved with you in ways that you never would have known otherwise if you had not faced the struggle and discovered that He is the God of the struggle. He is the God of the need. He is the God of the challenge. He's the God of the breakthrough. He is the God of the solution. He is the God that gives to you what you need when you need it because that is who He is and He loves you. So let's talk about the unexpected tragedy. 1 Kings 4, 18-19 says the child grew. So the promised child was born. And one day he went out to his father who was with the reapers. My head, my head, he said to his father. His father told the servant, carry him to his mother. When the son was finally born, the promised child to this couple of Shunem, he grew and in time he became old enough to go out into the fields and work with dad. And on a certain day, while he was in the field with his father, he experienced a shooting pain that came to his head. He told his father about his struggle, and the father told the servant to take the boy to his mother, that comfort would be found there, that love would be shared, that solution would be known. Perhaps dad had no idea of the severity of what was taking place in this boy, but without the intervention of God, he would die, and even with the intervention of God, he did die, and he would rely upon God intervening on his behalf that he would be resurrected from the dead. So mom received the child. Most likely she remembered Elijah, the one who had mentored Elisha, that he had raised the widow's son from the dead. She was holding her son, and he was in her lap when he died. And this thought came to her, okay, Elisha comes to our home. He comes on a regular basis. He has faith in God, and he was trained by a man who had been used of God for the resurrection of somebody else's child to come back to life. So she took the dead boy's body and placed it in the apartment that she and her husband had built on his behalf. And the Holy Spirit was the one leading her. The third person of the Trinity knows. He testifies of God. He leads us to Jesus Christ. 
is the empowerment of the Lord working within our life. The Holy Spirit was working within her life so that she would know what to do when the tragedy came to her. So here's some thoughts I want to use to gather you in the right direction because I want us to address this whole issue that unless the Lord had intervened, we would have fainted. And you are not going to faint today. You are going to experience the intervention of the Lord. But I want us to grasp in our heart and soul the way God works in our life. The world we live in is struggling. The planet we live in is indeed the people on this planet are fallen. We have sin within our hearts and souls. God is not purpose to wipe us out. He has come to save us to the uttermost. His resurrection power in the Holy Spirit is to raise us up. He has answers and solutions for all So when the tragedies happen, God is in the midst of the tragedy. God is not taking a hike. He is not forgetting. He's not ignoring. He's not bypassing you and your need. He's in the middle of the need with you and he cares abundantly. And he has come up to keep you from fainting and to see you through. And if you don't say amen, I will. Because the need is the preparation for the possibility of God. I'm going to say it again. The need is the preparation for the possibility of God. God knows what is best in the tragedies that we face to give to us the resource of the universe to give the answers for our lives according to the prescription and the plan of God. But if we're going to get there, and I have a but, a but, a but, if we're going to get there, we need the guidance of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit wants to share God's guidance in our life and show to us the possibility that God has prescribed for the very need that we're experiencing now. Does God know? Amen. Yes. Yes. Okay. Does God know? Yes. Thank you very much. He does know. Does he care? Does he love you enough? Yes. yes. Does he want you to faint in the midst of me? No. Does he want to see you through? Yes. Is he capable? Yes. Powerful enough? Yes. Involved with you? Yes. Has he given you the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you safely through to the other side so that you will not faint under the struggle below the need that you are experiencing today as you are in this room? Yes. Let's talk about the journey of faith, 2 Kings 4, 22-23. She called her husband and said, Please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why, go to him today, he asked. And there people, the boy has got a splitting headache. Why, go to him today, he asked. It's not the new moon of the Sabbath. And she says, it's all right. It's all right. Now, how did she say that? Is she a nutcase? It's all right. It's all right. This is the language of faith. All right? It's all right. Now, according to humankind, if we look upon the need of the boy, the boy is laying in the prophet's chamber on the bed where Elisha has slept. He is not grieving. Is it all right? If you look at the outward circumstance, you would not conclude that what she says is true. But words are important. 
Words are important. For they are the description of what's going on inside of our heart in the midst of the need that goes on within our life. And if we find the promise from God to describe the situation we are in, we will have words that bring life in the middle of our need. So her husband agrees and the servant is assigned and he takes her on the journey and she approaches the place where the prophet lives. 1 Kings 4, 26, run to meet her. Elisha says to Gehazi and asks her, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything is all right, she said. She is speaking yeah. faith. Yeah. Is it possible that everything can be all right? Is God on his throne? Yeah. Is he paying attention today? Yeah. Does he know his mother's day? Yeah. And you are in this room worshiping him. Yeah. Is he aware of the needs of your life? Yeah. The circumstances in which you walk? Yeah. Has he turned his back on you? Yeah. Not at all. Therefore, is it all right? Pastor says it's all right. Is it all right? Yes. Samuel Esther, is it all right? It's all right. Oh, well, thank you, Samuel. <laughs> this is good. It's all right. Diane, is it all right? I think I'm tickled. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. You are here. Through the word of faith, can you say it's all right? It's all right. God is here. The woman got on the donkey, climbed on top of the animal, made the journey, came to, to Mount Carmel where the prophet lived. Elijah saw her approaching from a distance. In response, he sent out Gehazi's assistant to go and talk to her as she was coming. Gehazi intercepted her and asked her about her well-being, her, about herself, about her husband, about her son, and she says, everything is all right. <laughs> now, to the word of faith, can you say everything is all right? Can you say that? As you sit here today on this Mother's Day, can you say everything is all right? But solutions are still needed with me. Solutions are needed. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet, not starting to pour out. The hazard came over to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She's in bitter distress. God knows this. She's not in that case, folks. But the Lord is hidden from me and has not told me. Are there things of life that are hidden from us? And hidden from others. But are they hidden from God? No, he knows everything. Neither the woman nor Elisha knew the solution. Gehazi, the assistant, did not know the solution. The tragedy was real and it was ongoing. And so she was not pretending there was no struggle. She was speaking her faith before she got to the man of God. But when she got to the man of God, it was time to let that bitter distress out and pour out her heart. And there are times we must pour out our hearts. Because God is accepting us. And loving us. And knows our need. And knows our passion.
knows our distress in the midst of our passion. And so they began to press through unto God and pour out the struggle. It was in humility that this was taking place, and it was in humility that the revelation was going to take place. We need to share our struggles. It is right that you call for the elders of the church when you are sick to pray like you did at the beginning of this service today. It is right. It is right to call out unto God and ask Him to be the help. And so she said in this powerful intervention of asking for help before the prophet of God, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? She said, didn't I tell you don't raise my hopes? It's a horribly difficult thing to have our hopes shattered to the ground. Have you ever been that way? You just, you, if a good thing happens, you wonder when the, when's the next bad thing to follow. Have you ever, ever been there? All right? Okay. I'm up today. must be tomorrow's going to be bad. All right? Now, I'm not here to disillusion you, but in this life, there are battles. I just figured out at some point walking with Jesus that from now until I see him face to face, planet Earth is a battlefield and will be that until I get there. That we are soldiers of faith, that we are soldiers of the cross, that we believe in Jesus Christ, who died and rose again from the dead, descended into heaven, who intercedes on our behalf, who pays attention to us night and day, nothing escapes his understanding, that he is with us to break through in every need of every solution in our life, so that we are not defeated or broken down. He is our God, and he is inside of us to prevail. And I'll say to myself, Amen. So she poured out her distress. Gehazi tried to push her away. Elijah had to intervene. But she was pouring out her heart. Her hopes had been raised because her son, who she had thought would come, had been given and had grown for a number of years and been with her and her husband. And now he was taken away. Accurate details were being described. Emotions are valid, can I tell you that? I'm trying to think what I'm going to tell you next. And I'm trying to see if my filter's on before I tell you. Okay, my filter's on, now I'm going to tell you. Until 2006, that's 13 years ago, I was one of those persons that stuffs things. Stuffs them. Stuffs them. And I didn't share a lot about my emotions. I stuffed it. As a pastor, it's my job to take care of other people. And I just stuffed my stuff. Just stuffed it. And I discovered I couldn't stuff anymore. There was no other place to stuff. Every nook and cranny of my soul were just jammed full of all my emotions. And I was crumbling on the inside, and I was starting to crumble on the outside. Yes, it was not a good time. And I knew it was time to quit stuffing. But I didn't know how to let it out. I went to lunch. I went, went to a, a very expensive restaurant. McDonald's. 
named Ray Finney. Ray was their worship leader. And I wasn't intending to blurt out what I blurted out, but I blurted out what was going on inside me. After I blurted it out, I thought, my God, what did I do? Went back to the office. One o'clock. And I was just feeling ridiculous that I blurted out what I blurted out. I thought, no, I've stuffed so long. This is not comfortable. And Jeff Aminon walked into the church building. He'd been down the street <coughs> where Ellen Van Horn lived, and she was our caregiver <coughs> in the church. And they'd been praying, and they'd been praying about me. God bless them, amen. And Jeff said while he was praying, God told him that I was stuffing things in my heart and soul and God wasn't going to allow me to stuff them any longer. It was time to start talking and I needed to start talking now. And he thought, you weren't at McDonald's and overheard what I said to Ray. But God was letting me know he was at McDonald's and wanted me to say that. This woman was pouring out her heart. Her, she came in bitterness of soul. She was distressed. She was crying out unto God. She was giving the accurate detail. Her emotions were valid. They needed to be dealt with. Elisha said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff in your hand and run. If you meet anyway, do not greet him. And if you, anyone greets you, do not answer them. My staff... Lay my staff on the boy's face. But the child's mother said, As you surely live, and as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up, got up and followed her. So Elisha was sent ahead. He had the instruction to take the prophet's staff and lay it on the boy's face. In no way was he detained by anybody that he would meet on the way. The boy's mother was appreciative, I'm sure, but she wasn't going to let the prophet get out of Gwen's well. And she said, unless you go, I'm not leaving here. She had been in bitter distress. She had finally let it all out. It was time to get help. And she wasn't going to go away until the help had come. And in response, the two of them went after Gehazi had preceded them. Meanwhile, Gehazi fulfilled the instruction that had been given to him and laid the staff on the dead boy's body, but nothing happened. He did not awaken. He did not come back from the dead. And so the Shunammite and Elijah followed. Now, here's some thoughts for you. She was trusting in God. How do you know? She said it is well. It is well with me, it is well with my husband, it is well with my, my boy. She was trusting. Trust is faith in action. When we are trusting, when we are expressing faith, we need to overcome unbelief. Is it wrong to have unbelief? And the answer is no. It has to be faith to overcome it. Do you want to keep it? No, but you have to admit it to deny it. Good. If you don't know there's an opposite working in your positive, then you don't have something for which your faith needs to work through. <coughs> 
For you to know you have a need, for you to know this is anguishing, for you to know there is distress, for you to know there is something that needs to be faced, that is not wrong. That is what is there for faith to work against, and you need to know it's there for faith to be expressed. My best illustration is a rubber band. If it's loose, it holds nothing. But if it's tight, it holds things together. Faith needs to know that unbelief is working against to be expressed for breakthrough answers to be experienced. Because the answer was delayed, the mother and the prophet did not grow weak in faith. There was no panic because the solution had not yet arrived. It's so important to maintain trust. Why is it important? If trust breaks on Wall Street, the Dow dies 400 points like it did the last week. Still following me? Trust is a big issue. If you don't have trust in what God's doing at Central Church in Superior, you might not come back. Trust is a big issue. If trust is broken in marriage, you may split and run. Have you ever butted out your phone? I know it sounds awful from the book. <laughs> I butted out my phone this week. Yeah. And called somebody I hadn't talked to in years. He went in, shut the door on the two of them, and survived with four of them. 
praise the Lord. Then he got up, got up on the bed and lay upon the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. As he stretched himself out upon him, the boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got on the bed and stretched out upon him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elisha knew that a battle was ahead. Did you know there are battles in life? Okay, there's a battle. The staff in the boy's face did not heal the visible results. Elijah would go into the room and alone with the boy, stretch himself out upon the cold body and warm that cold carcass back up and pray to God and ask for divine intervention. And finally, the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. The boy was alive from the dead. I remember. 
time where I was so emotionally messed up on the inside and hadn't talked about me and my struggles for years, I promised that God would answer. And I wrote out, yes, he does it for everybody but me. I wrote that in a Contempt for life. Contempt for God. Contempt for his promise. Works for you, honey. I have a habit of going through my prayer journal on the same day for years. And I reviewed past years on the same day to see what I prayed. It was the next year I corrected what I wrote and asked forgiveness, God. I said, God, forgive me for being contemptible to you because the promise is for me too. It's for me too. It's for me too. Amen? Okay? So we're sneezing out the hate for somebody else. You know it is possible to hate another. That somebody can do something that is so despicable that in our heart and soul we feel hate. We need to sneeze it out. We need to sneeze out the wisdom for doing evil. There are times our heart, our heart can devise a scheme, a plan that isn't God's. And the net result, if it's lived out, would result in evil if we do it. Is that possible for a Christian to do such a thing? The answer is possible. We need to sneeze it out. We need to sneeze out the greed for doing wrong. That I feel so desperate that it's like I want this wrong thing. I know God don't want it, and I know other people don't want it, but I want it. It's a greed for wrong. Stories about others that hinder my affection or care for them, false stories about their reputation, things they said, their lifestyle, I need to seize them out. Divisions among people, family members, God's people. I need to sneeze him out. The boy sneezed seven times. Before he was raised up and restored to his mother, he was sneezing out, expelling from his system things that needed to go. I don't, I don't know what caused that splitting headache, my head, my head. I don't know. Six weeks ago, I had a splitting headache. It was so split and I couldn't walk. Mark Hill went in to take me to the yard. I pulled into the district office in my car, then driving a thousand miles the week before. And the moment I pulled into the, the driveway, I put the car in the park, I tried to get out and I couldn't. Splitting headache. I had to call in for help. Mark came out, drove me to the ER in Wapaka. Splitting headache. They said I had a migraine in the home of a migraine. I had a blood clot. I thought, you, you, you ever had a tire that had a blowout in the sidewalk? <laughs> right here, I thought I was going to get a blowout. Blood clot. 
hit my head. Cried out of God. Cried out of God. For those of you who know anything about blood clots in the head, what a blood clot in the head can do? I could be dragging my feet and drooling through my mouth. And I might be talking like that. I hit my head. Answer the prayer, God is good. Answer the prayer, God is good. Moments of breakthrough, answers given, solutions from God. And after released me last week, Tuesday, sent me an email. You don't need any more follow-up. You are released to go follow Touch you on your forehead. That's all I'll do. Just touch my hand. Mm -hmm. 